Hello, all. Welcome into, I'm going to call it the first episode of our new season. This is the 2022-2023 NFL season premiere. It's at a weird time. Uh, not much going on. I believe the combine started today. Uh, or Yeah, it did. Or yesterday, I think. Yeah, yesterday. Like, stuff's going Amazing, on. Yeah. Um, so, combine stuff's happening. I guess we'll talk a little bit about that for sure. Um, anyway, we have our injury report for today. Reese and Jacob got injured in pregame. Um, they're out for today. Unfortunately, they decided to go see the Batman premiere um, tonight, so they will not be recording with us. Uh, no response from Matt. I probably should have texted Matt. Oh, well. <laughs> um, he's MIA. He's not injured. He's just MIA. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Probably muted the group chat. I haven't checked. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Matt's not here today. We do have me, Jason, and then we've got – our boy Dan making his return after going. Let's go. <laughs> That's a, yeah, I'm glad to be back. Was was shredding on the slopes. So uh, sorry to miss it, but good to be back. Hey, well, we're, we're glad to have you. And Rob, consistency. Let's go. How's it going? Hey. <laughs> good. Good. Nice. Nice. Well. That's a nice little polo you got on, Robbie. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Coming straight from the office. <laughs> Nice, nice. I'm a big, yeah, I'm a big fan of that polo too. It's got a cool little duck on it. It's a nice color. It compliments you. <laughs> Listeners, you know, get a nice collared shirt. Kind <laughs> um, of that Smith and Davis um, in Fayetteville. You've ever heard of that? Nice. I haven't. But Smith and Davis in Fayetteville. They're our second sponsor behind Underdog Fantasy um yeah. yeah official here today on the yeah. show <laughs> thank you smith and davis for the retail priced golf shirt <laughs> this is a football podcast yeah damn it's a golf golf and football has got some overlap you know yeah, there's a little off bit. season yeah. yeah yeah um damn let's see i'm sure you've been catching up on the reels that we've been posting as you saw last week we had some predictions I'll go ahead and ask you a couple of them here. Uh, first off, who do you think's winning next year's Super Bowl? Next year's Super Bowl. Actually, I you didn't post a reel of that one, so I don't know. I didn't know that you asked that. Who's winning next year's Super Bowl? Hmm. Um, I'll say the Buffalo Bills finally get it done for next year. Nice, nice. That's what both me and Rob said. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So now I get to add your answer to the reel that I haven't posted yet. You're right. I haven't posted that one yet. Like I said, doing one at a time now. You might, you know, figure out yeah. what the best hour to post is. I'd try 9 a.m., 10 a.m., and 11 a.m. Hell yeah. Next up is noon. Uh, you know, figuring it out. <laughs> some some things say there's better time. Some you know, I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, Can we? I, Dip into the average football endurer's reserve fund and supply Dan with a ring light. This lighting is uh, it's bothering me. Uh, it's mine. <laughs> yeah, you just My, have oh. gorgeous sunlight on the right, but then you I know, I know. I actually, I I was just telling Jason this is I bought a new webcam that has the light on the ring light, and it's coming today, but it's literally being delivered in like twenty minutes from now. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get a mid uh podcast <laughs> yeah unfortunately his mail room is a, a couple blocks away yeah, or whatever. It's, it's tragic so no camera next week, i think it's fine it's yeah I, i'm right next to the window it's bad and these blinds suck 
Yeah. I mean, I, I have that same struggle at certain times of the day. I understand. We're here. We're the average football enjoyers. We're not the high production value football <laughs> enjoyers <laughs> yet. 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 Well, we, we are, we will get to high production value football enjoyers at some point, uh, but it's all about the process and Dan's got a nice camera coming on the way. How exciting yeah. is that? Yeah, exactly. I got the, I got the cool podcasting mic. Now I just need the camera. Yeah. What'd you get that Razor Kia? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I got. Nice. That's what I use. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also use the Razor Kia at work. I, I have a different one here. Right. Keo Pro. Great webcam. Great webcam. Yeah, good webcam. Yeah, good webcam. <laughs> From Robert. Anyway, let's talk about some fucking football. The first no- news that I can think of at the top of my head, Kenny Pickett has small ass hands. His hands came in today 8.5 inches. Now, again, we said it last time we talked about hands. That's still some pretty big hands. I probably only have like six and a half inch hands, maybe seven. Uh, but in terms of the NFL, that's pretty small. Um, a list of QBs with hand sizes under nine inches. The most notable one on here is Jake Fromm. Uh, is that the, active? Because I, 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 I don't actually don't recognize another name on this list. I, I read that that's the, the Kenny Pickett measured in the same size as Michael Vick. Interesting. I don't know if that's true. I just read that in, in, on a Twitter thread. But, see, player yeah. profiler, Michael Vick hand size. Michael Vick has eight and a half inch hands. So Sports Illustrated, uh, your list of QBs with hand sizes under nine inches since 1999 is missing a pretty big name. And that is the Twitter handle at Marcus underscore Mosher. Yeah, Michael Vick has eight and a half inch hands. I want to say even our boy Joe has some small ass hands. His nine inch hands. Nine inch, right, right there. So so but it's important to remember that hand size becomes a more directly correlated metric to success in cold weather situations. And so it's not, you know, Nothing in the NFL, the most varying sport in history, is a death sentence. You know, mm-hmm. it's just another thing that we have identified to help us uh, predict success, which is pretty much the, what we try to do, right? So, I I honestly have just not ever really bought into the Kenny Pickett hype. I thought that like he was good, but it, he wasn't doing anything ga- groundbreaking. Um, What's the other dude's name who I think is the better quarterback in this class? Is is it Malik Wills? Is that his name? Malik Willis. Yeah, Malik Willis. And I've seen some of his – I've been watching some of his tape, and he looks like he's got more of the kind of intangibles uh, in terms of, like, you know, arm strength and, like, agility and that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. I, I don't buy into the Kenny Pickett hype. Yeah, I think if I had to rank quarterbacks in this class um, in terms of upside – which is the best way to do it. You've got Malik Willis. Then you probably go Matt Corral. Mm-hmm. And then Sam Howell. And then Kenny Pickett. You're, uh, I don't even, you're omitting a name. Uh, Bailey Zappi. 
I put Bailey Zappia like six or seven. You were talking about in terms of upside. Yeah, in terms of upside, I would put him six or seven. Yeah, he, I mean, he was Western Kentucky's quarterback. I mean, not that, you know, there's been small school quarterbacks that are good, but, um, you know, he, he didn't impress anyone at the senior bowl. And, and he, he doesn't have like elite arm strength like a Carson Strong, right? He's not necessarily big. He's, you know. He put up amazing numbers. He broke Joe Burrow's record. That's great. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, well, I put up amazing numbers in Madden with bad players. Okay. I'm I'm really hoping that there's just one QB in this class that just becomes like an elite quarterback because honestly, it's been so annoying just being like, this quarterback class sucks, this quarterback class sucks. And I I mean, I get like – it's true. Like the quarterback class is definitely – there's no stud. There's no Trevor Lawrence – there's no like Andrew Luck, like, you know, there's not just like a top bona fide guy, but I just, I just want that to be wrong. I just want there to be at least one person in this class that makes it in the NFL. Prediction right here. The quarterback that makes it in the NFL is whatever quarterback the Falcons draft with the number eight pick. Ooh. Um, I like that. Not even going to go quarterback. They're going to go quarterback. Uh, I, I actually – oh, go ahead. Sorry. And, and um, they're going to be able to learn from Matt Ryan. They're going to be able to sit that year. They're going to be pretty good next year uh, when Matt Ryan probably retires or gets traded or whatever. But Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably where they end up going. I, I have a similar prediction, but whichever quarterback goes to the Steelers, and I know that you had you guys talked about this last week, mm-hmm. um, I think that, like, if Malik Willis goes to the Steelers, I think, you know, I think that that could be – could be something to watch now you talked about the real what do you think about the Dwayne Haskins talk Dwayne Haskins is interesting and and obviously I've seen him you know playing college as an OSU fan and watched a little bit of him when he was at the football team and uh, or the commanders now or whatever the fuck um <laughs> but I I think that he's got like the raw talents I think the I think his thing is is that he's got like a shit tier work ethic. Like he, like I, like he got caught in like the strip club during COVID. Like he, that, that was a whole issue. That's why he got released from, from the football team at the time. And then he gets to the Steelers. And if you are not starting over Mason Rudolph, like when Mason Rudolph came in for those games this year, I think that says a lot about you. I don't think that he actually has a legitimate chance of starting for the Steelers because if you can't beat out Mason Rudolph, I'm just thinking like Tomlin is a character. He judges character. I, I, I think that um, I, I don't think he has a chance. Sorry, Rob. I'm agree with Dan here. Uh, although I do think you know, Dwayne Haskins has more upside than Bailey Zappi. Um, however, <laughs> Gonna switch. I want. I would like to switch to a, another prospect that I will think you'll like, Jason, and I, I mean, I'm happy to get on board with. Um, and that is Cole Kelly. Have you heard of Cole Kelly? I haven't. How's the Kelly spelled? Is it with an EY? EY. So wow. he weighed in at 249 pounds, six seven, with nine and three quarter inch hands at the combine, um, and I, I believe he broke multiple records uh, for Southeastern Louisiana, including uh, giving, getting the Walter Payton award for FCS and given the top offensive player in FCS. 
this past season. So he originally started at Arkansas and then transferred to Southeastern Louisiana. Um, so definitely somebody to watch um, and, and probably a bit more athletically inclined uh, for the NFL than Bailey Zappi. So. Interesting. Uh, Cole Kelly doesn't even have a player profiler. I know. I was trying to find it. <laughs> like I had to Google it. I mean, he's got this ESPN page. We'll see. I mean, you know, I, I'm never one to judge uh, someone based on what college they went to. Another guy is Akil Glass. He is on Player Profiler, and he's ranked on Player Profiler's uh, rankings ahead of Bailey Zappi. Um, he's, he's another FCS guy. I'm actually – I can't even recall off the top of my head what school he goes to, Alabama A&M. So uh, that's an, just another guy to watch. I, I, I looked at his film. Um, and he he looked pretty flashy, but he was playing Alabama a I mean, still, it's well, – I mean, if you're a good athlete and, sure, you go to a small school and you dominate against lower-tier athletes, you still dominated. Like, you still showed that you're a class above that. And I think that still says something. Like, you, Josh Allen, for example, in Wyoming, always killing it here in the NFL. And it, took, it did take some time. It did take some time for him to finally, you know, figure it out and – produce at the levels that we're seeing now yeah problem is with quarterback is just that there's 32 yeah. that get to play Nothing. yeah there's 32 that get to play with every other position there's more yeah right and so right. right and yeah it's incredibly hard to predict as well yeah and it's it's crazy because like you say like there's only 32 opportunities but at the same time you don't have 32 quarterbacks in the league that you feel comfortable starting on your team if that makes sense like there are teams that hate their quarterback like it's it's such a weird position where there's less availability but also at the same time you have to have so much skill that even the people that do get the opportunities at the lower end like people hate their hate their quarterbacks they're like get them out of here it's such a such a weird dynamic in that position yeah and there's backups who I mean, rookies seem to get a fair end of the deal than we really talk about. Like, if they're actually given their shot, they're given a shot. But you do have the people who get buried on the death chart who never got their chance that maybe could have. Like, yeah, we did see Tyler Huntley flash this year for the Ravens. He's not in any trade talks at all. Like, you're not hearing any anything about Tyler Huntley being on the market. And I mean, maybe that's because Ravens probably want a higher price than NFL teams are really trying to pay uh, because he's a really good backup for Lamar Jackson, fits their scheme really well. But still, he looked amazing. Yeah. Uh, and for a team that's trying to replicate what the Ravens are doing, why not go out, out, out and offer a second for that? That's probably like a second rounder, a third rounder. Yeah. Um, I mean, like a, a, you, it's proven talent on the NFL field even if yeah, it is it, only a few games. It, it's it's so weird too because I feel like there are some backups that I would rather have starting than some of what these other teams have. Like, I mean, we've we've memed Minchu, but we all would agree that he's probably a starting NFL quarterback and that and uh Trubinsky is probably going to be on the market this offseason like and I I guess he deserves another shot. Like he wasn't awful. I mean, he was bad, but like it's hard to it's hard to judge and there's probably debate there to be had but you know I don't know I think that there are some like I would say that Trubinsky's better than um what's his name Darnold 
No. Oh, well, definitely better than Darnold for sure. That's the, um, that's the I'm trying to think who's the, who's the guy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater is who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Like I would say that Trubinsky's better than Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Luck or any of these uh, or Locke or whatever his name is. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I, I, I think that, you know, Trubinsky probably could start on the Panthers or could start on the Broncos. Um, yeah. I don't know. T- Teddy Bridgewater is like just so fine. Like you just can't really be upset at Teddy mm-hmm. Bridgewater ever. Like he's probably, I'm sure if I looked it up right now, he's probably like exactly at QB number 16, like based on last year's performance, yeah. like right smack dab in the middle. He's got some injury issues though. That's why yeah. I would not feel comfortable. Yeah. I mean, but, and what, and the, the thing is what we saw with Mitchell Trubisky is, I mean, he had a pretty crazy ceiling. I, I remember there were a few, I think he had a couple five touchdown performances. I know at least one. Yeah. So well, he's one of, he's one of those like quarterbacks where it's like, he has all of like the physical traits, but he doesn't, he can't read. Like it's like the mental side of things. He can't read the defense post snap, like those types of things. Um, I don't know why I've watched so many Bears games, but I have, and that's kind of what I got out of Trubinsky. Yeah, I mean, that's important. That's one thing I saw about Malik Willis is uh, GMs. I saw a thing on Reddit today that GMs were pretty surprised in Malik Willis's ability to understand the playbook, which I don't that know. That sounds racially motivated. It does, it does. It really does. <laughs> that's how I felt when I read it. I was like, hmm, like you just think, <laughs> like you just. Oh, wow. Playbook. Surprised. <laughs> but he, you mean? I'm assuming that it meant he was also really good at it. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Like beyond just a surface level to be really shocking. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Well, that's good though. I mean, would you rather the Falcons at pick eight take Malik Willis or Garrett Wilson? They need a receiver so bad. You think they're gonna take Wilson that early? They wouldn't. Burks? Yeah, I don't. No, I think that there's a. It's a pretty deep receiver class, and yeah, Terry Fontenot has said they're taking the best available player, regardless. I think Garrett. I think Garrett Wilson goes top ten. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, isn't Alave the guy that you're most high on? I'm high on both. I'm I'm high on both. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if Wilson goes top ten because I, from the from the mock drafts I've been seeing, it's kind of like London and Burks are kind of. Go look up CBS's mock drafts. You could look um, at uh, Player Profiler's most recent mock draft uh, for a Superflex fantasy league, uh, and you can see kind of how the receivers are valued. Uh, Traylon Burks went first. Drake London, Garrett Wilson, mm-hmm. Alave, Pickens. David Bell out of Purdue, and then Jamison mm-hmm. Williams. Uh, oh, they have Williams dropping that far? This is for – For fantasy. Uh, this is for a dynasty okay. fantasy, like, startup draft. So, I guess yeah, just yeah, yeah. question mark still around Jamison. He falls. And that's kind of to answer Robbie's question. I would much rather see the Falcons draft Malik Willis at eight and then, like, hope Jamison Williams falls into the second yeah. round. Yeah. So like, – so- let me let me ask you this because I'm not really knowledgeable in Atlanta stuff. If let's say if they decide to do a receiver first round, would what what would you what's the what's your top receiver? I guess is what I'm asking. I mean, I guess Burks. Yeah, yeah. that's the answer. Um, he seems <laughs> pretty phenomenal <laughs> in all aspects of physical. Uh, 
you know so i don't know the thing is uh terry fauna seems to be really good at evaluating players i just the the coaches i don't know i'm still not sold arthur smith again did a great job last season i don't think i've posted the arthur smith reel uh, from the last episode yet um but i was pretty surprised in how the falcons did last year mm-hmm. um, i really was at uh, especially with like Ridley going out mid-season right. like, yeah they look pretty good for a pretty bad team however I mean like I, I still don't see it getting much better like that kind of just kind of feels like what it is right now and part of that is maybe just Dean Pease isn't like the most exciting defensive coordinator that's not a big deal he's just a scheme yeah. guy um very basic stuff but when you have like last year the Falcons went heavy on talent in the draft like they took Richie Grant in the second round like a UCF safety you know yeah like that's that's pretty high to take someone and you're expecting lots of production and he wasn't really used he didn't really produce um so I don't know um I'm gonna trust that if the Falcons do draft a wide receiver they draft someone that fits their scheme well so is the consensus that they'll keep Russell Gage like I like I've heard some I imagine I imagine he's not much money what kind of like I feel like all these all franchises kind of have this. Uh, the Browns probably with Jarvis Landry right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They all just kind of have a receiver who maybe isn't a world beater, but has just been with your team so long <laughs> that you're just going to resign him because you know no one else is probably going to take him. Probably kind of like Godwin with the Buccaneers. I, he's great. He's an athlete and fantastic, great receiver. I don't know if he does super well on another team. And, Real? Oh, interesting. And so I okay. Think, he stays with Buccaneers because uh, he's a great uh, compliment to Mike Evans, but he's not a true number one. Uh, and I think other NFL teams know that and won't pay him that way. And that's why he probably stays in Tampa, which I don't really even think he has much of a choice, really. Okay, that's actually interesting because I have seen a lot just like on Twitter, on Reddit, on all the internet. Everyone's like, everyone whose team that needs a wide receiver is like, what about Godwin? Should we make a play for Godwin? Like, all of these types of things. And I think I agree with you that he shouldn't be paid like a Devonte Adams or like, et cetera, et cetera. He's not one of those guys, but I think he could, I don't know if I'm sold on the idea that he stays in Tampa, but I also agree with you that I don't think he gets paid like an elite guy. Yeah. Um, especially is he, I have not really kept up on his injury status. I don't know. Is that going to bleed into the start of next season? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. So that also affects kind of the price, uh, that teams will get. So it'll be interesting to see how that actually ends up uh, yeah. working out. And I mean, on the same vein, Calvin Ridley over in Atlanta, what's going to happen with him? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You didn't even let me chime in. On I know Calvin. I was about to, if you let me finish. I was going to say, I did see Robbie gasp for air and about to talk before I talked about Calvin Ridley. Uh, so I, I assume he has some thoughts here on Godwin. <laughs> why is Godwin not that guy? I don't know. You guys didn't really say why. He, he is that guy. He, demand, he, he demands targets. He got he, 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 like insane target share past few I seasons. Think- I yeah. think he's number one wide receiver. I just don't think he's going to get paid uh, in the terms of like a Justin Jeff. Well, I mean, Justin Jefferson is still hasn't gotten paid, but like, like a Devonte Adams, or I don't think he's 
reach that like elite like he's not gonna like be someone that's gonna take up a lot of cap space that's just what i'm saying i think he's a wide receiver one for sure yeah yeah i mean three years ago even without brady number two wide receiver in fantasy well yeah that was the Jameis winston anomaly year that was Jameis winston threw for five thousand yards 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions (laughs) yeah and mike evans was hurt I mean, he's got a great profile. Went to Penn State. That's a D1 school, a good school. Um, you know, it's all there. Uh, yeah, he, he's just in the tier below, though, in terms of – Yeah, like it's just – I don't know. He doesn't – he's not a DeAndre Hopkins to me. He's not a Julio Jones to me. He's not a Mike Evans to me. He, he's a Julio Jones to me. He is. He's just not going to get paid like it. If, if yeah. that's actually argument. i think i think that's a good comparison julia uh, julio jones yeah. uh i think that's a great comparison actually interesting i mean he's the guy that's always going to catch it on third down you know his closest comparable according to player profiler is pierre garçon julio jones looking up his profile chris godwin six one julio jones six, six three. four i think uh six three you know god julio jones is crazy athletic geez oh he's a beast <sighs> i wish he did we'll i never, wish he, he, we'll never know because he, he's gonna stay in tampa and yeah <laughs> we'll see we'll see that's a, that's a, that's the thing about like when we're speculating about like nfl free agency is like especially like even when you're talking about like aaron Rodgers or russell wilson or whatever it's like you you are like gaming out all these snares in their head, and then the most boring one that you could even think of is the one that actually happens. Yeah, yeah, and for sure, Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson staying in Seattle. Unless I would say Russell Wilson leaves Seattle if Pete Carroll ends up retiring. Okay, uh, but I think they probably are kind of just in it together at this point. That's my take on the Seattle situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, it is seeming like Mitchell Trubisky is the hottest quarterback on the market right now. That's what I keep seeing. That's what you brought up earlier. It's Mitchell Trubisky, Jimmy Garoppolo. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's weird because I've actually been seeing some like contradicting in- info about jimmy g it's like i've been here like some people are saying oh him staying is still on the table and giving another year for trey lance to develop and then other people are like nah he's gone for sure um so i'm i'm not exactly sure it's gonna happen there but honestly i would like to see jimmy g somewhere else just as a as a fan for entertainment because i want to watch trey lance and i want to see jimmy also do well um at the same time yeah yeah uh we'll see what happens i don't i don't know what teams are willing to pay i don't know i don't like people always talk about this quarterback class being pretty weak those qb needy teams might not really think that like they might honestly be fine with any of these quarterbacks over jimmy garoppolo or uh mitchell trubisky i'm sure they're probably fine with that risk Maybe, I don't know. Maybe if maybe if you are really that QB needy team, you would just send that first that you would have used on Kenny mm-hmm. Pickett for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I was saying like Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't go for that much, but maybe literally on draft day, you're sitting there thinking about it and you're just like, fuck it. I'm just gonna get Jimmy Garoppolo. This isn't really 
I think it's that's what of, happens. Yeah, it's one of those things where like it's if if like a team makes a move for Garoppolo and it works out, everyone's going to say it's a, their genius and it doesn't work out. They're going to say like, oh, you're an idiot. How could you not just draft the quarterback? It's going to be like, it's just one of those gambles. That's like, it, you, you got to choose one and just kind of stick with it. Yeah. Would you rather have Jimmy Garoppolo or Carson Wentz? Garoppolo. Wentz. Yeah. I think I'd taking Wentz too. Garoppolo I'll say, I'll, I'll say this. Garoppolo does would work better in the Colts system than Wentz does. So if I'm the Colts, I'd rather have Jimmy G than Carson Wentz. I'm I'm also assuming like contract comes into play, and yeah, uh, like Jimmy Garoppolo's contract uh, versus production is probably better than Carson Wentz's contract versus production. Uh, but even if it doesn't. Still, I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo. What is the? He's hot. What's the Colts system that makes Jimmy Garoppolo better than Carson Wentz? Because they're run, they're run first. Like, or they should be run first. Like, like the main complaint, and this is what was happening throughout the season for the Colts was like, uh, you know, reporters were asking, "What's who's the coach? Frank Reich." They were asking him, like, "Why, why you have Jonathan Taylor? Why, why aren't you running it more?" Et cetera, et cetera. And he's like. He literally responded like, oh, Carson, um, he needs he needs to get his passes in so he can get into that rhythm, et cetera, et cetera, meaning that he won't get into rhythm unless he's gotten some consistent passes. And then, you know, even if he does, it's like, yeah, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But Jimmy G is one of those guys is he could hand it off six times in a row and then you ask him to do one pass. Like he'll still – like he's got the mindset already that uh, I'm going to just – I have to make this pass. I don't know. I feel like he he can he's better out of rhythm, I guess I should say. Yeah. Is that's probably the dumbest shit I've ever heard a coach say. Oh, he needs to get into rhythm. He needs his passes. Yeah, I, I don't know if that was exactly the quote, but it was in that vein, yeah. Well, yeah, Carson God, like is this just proof that anybody can do any job in the world? Like I really think that everyone's just bullshitting because that's the dumbest shit ever. I mean, it's true. I mean, I I don't, I also am not sold that the Colts should be run first because, you know, I don't, I've never really seen any data that like being run first wins more games because isn't there, I haven't seen seen the opposite data, but isn't there data that chunk plays uh, are are so important? Run plays Um, can be chunk plays, especially when you're running back Jonathan Taylor. He had he literally had one rushing yard over one rushing play over fifty yards in every game this year. I'm pretty sure. Who oh, led the league in breakaway run rate? Who? Rashad Penny. <laughs> nice. So. Yeah. Uh. I mean. And 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 did Jonathan Taylor get more chunk runs? I know he's a freak athlete. Did he get more chunk runs because the Colts were pass first? Maybe. I mean, but yeah, the maybe. Titans got the number one seed while running the ball the same amount of times they ran the ball with Derrick Henry with Deontay Foreman and God, I don't even remember the other people. Jeremy McNichols and Dontrell Hilliard. Dontrell Hilliard. And I guess one thing I'll say too is like you can still get chunk plays when you run first because, right, if you're opening up the play action and you have a court like Jimmy G's great off the play action, so you get the play action going. Bam, chunk play when they're expecting a run. 
It's true. It's true. And Carson Wentz is a quarterback who usually relies on physical receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw it in Philadelphia. And we're kind of seeing it here in Indianapolis. Like he's just kind of throwing it up to Pittman. Pittman's that guy, it seems. Out of nowhere, Pittman became that guy. But Michael Pittman Jr. is that guy. And Carson Wentz is feeding him the ball. Colts seem like they want to move on. And mm-hmm. who knows what that spells for Carson Wentz? Because I don't know what team is willing to take on that contract. Uh, so, I mean, either he stays in Indy or he's just kind of gone. And then because their losses, I don't really know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a weird situation because like you you could it's it's not just about getting another quarterback in there. It's uh how can I you know work with this contract because they're on the hook. They paid what like a two first round picks or like a first and a second or something for them. It was it just Look. kind of um I mean the the trade was probably maybe maybe worth it just for the gamble, but you know, they lost some significant capital. So, you know, there's also like, there's also this thing in the back of your head where you're just like, okay, I spent this much on the guy. Do I give him another year? Um, I don't know. Let me see the, not too much. The Eagles got a third round and a conditional second round pick for Carson Wentz. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, like, think about the narrative of, uh, around Carson Wentz. If he, if he beats the Jaguars, right. If he beats the Jaguars and then loses the first game in the playoffs, the narrative is completely different than he, like, if he would have just won that Jaguars game, um, you know, people are saying, Oh, it's Carson Wentz, but the, the narrative is, Oh, he can take you to the playoffs. Now it's, this is a trash quarterback. You can't do anything with et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. I don't know how the Colts couldn't just beat the Jaguars. Yeah. Like, that's all they had to do. <laughs> and we wouldn't even be having this conversation today at all. We would be talking about Jonathan Taylor probably would have been MVP. <laughs> um, Carson Wentz would probably have been kept around and they would have been like, yeah, he's fine. But instead, they lost. Wasn't it like thirty something points they lost to the Jaguars? Like completely blown out. Oh, it was it was crazy. Oh, like yeah. I, I, yeah, like so. Like what the hell, man? You know that's that's what you're signed to do. The win the games that you're supposed to win, and he doesn't do that. I mean, he had a damn near MVP season, and then led the team to the playoffs. Got hurt, and his backup won the Super Bowl unfair maybe but you know second team now not proving it i i, I don't know Who, who's willing yeah. to go <laughs> yeah I, was like, I don't know i don't know i don't know so we'll see it's so exciting we're in the speculation stage uh we have four minutes left on this call uh anyone have any final thoughts before i go ahead and just start a new one yeah um san diego Chargers, aka LA Chargers, need to re-sign Cardale Jones. Yeah. Is that is that one of your like QBs who wasn't given a fair shake? No, he was he was given more than a fair shake. Like he he didn't even play until like his third or fourth season at Ohio State. And then uh he should have gone. He should have gone right after yes. the national championship. I don't I can't believe he stayed. Do you, yeah, like well, because they had the team to run it back. They really did. 
They have the team running back. Also, they should have run it back. Yeah, they they if Michigan's effing punter doesn't turn around and hand the ball to Michigan State or vice versa, whoever did it. Yeah. And who was it? What who was who? Yeah, yeah. Michigan just had to punt it and yeah, just it got and the punter fumbled it and then in trying to pick it up, turned around and handed it to Michigan State and they ran in for a touchdown. So Ohio State's ranked fifth at the end of the season. Like that was the team. They had Ezekiel Elliott, right? JT Barrett, Cardell Jones, either of those could have probably won. Well, game. no, didn't um didn't Braxton Cardell Miller Jones get benched midseason? Braxton Miller, Michael Thomas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Or did no? Did Cardinal get yeah, Braxton Miller switch to receiver and then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Denzel, Denzel Ward. Ward. Yeah. Oh yeah, you just said that. Yeah. Um, Any of the Bosa's? Both Bosa's. Yeah, Bosa. Heard, no, no, just one Joey, of the Bosa's. Just Joey Bosa. Yeah. Uh, but just just a crazy, crazy team. Uh, and and here's something fun. Two minutes left. And and it's it's really sad for Cardale especially. Um, imagine if NIL was a thing back then, you know, then nobody would have questioned why he was coming back. Right. You know, he would have done so good that year. It's, it's, it's it's sad. Uh, had a stint, the DC defenders was the, uh, was the guy for a little bit. Then he got benched for Josh Johnson, who had a great, uh, season with the jets by backup quarterback standards, had a 300 yard passing game this season. Um, but, uh, rip DC defenders. And the XFL, I heard it's returning. Hopefully, they bring back defenders. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll see y'all on the next call. All right, cool. So, we just talked about Cardell Jones. Probably wasn't given a fair shake. Maybe he was. I think I. I mean, yeah, I didn't really think he was going to make it in the NFL. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, he should have. He should have sold high on himself and uh, <laughs> and uh, just left after the championship because he probably would have gone in the first round. Um, oh yeah oh yeah and instead he didn't and now we're never gonna see from him again it's crazy um i guess unless like rob said chargers resign him justin herbert gets hurt and i'm sure there's probably someone ahead of cardell jones on that roster even yeah who is the chargers backup quarterback yeah i haven't even thought about that like justin herbert's just so cool and awesome i'm google searching it right now about everyone else (laughs) Chargers backup QB, Chase Daniel. Nice. I don't even oh. know if I know who Chase Daniel is. If we could talk about the Chargers here. Okay. Without Justin Herbert, this might be one of the worst teams in the goddamn NFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I kind of agree with that. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what the hell is going on on this roster and how they ended up in this position. But for your starters to all be at the end of their career, every single one, just crazy. Like, I, like you don't see a future for the Chargers unless they draft really well. Asante Samuel Jr. did really well. That's pretty exciting. Keenan uh, Allen is he, how old is he? He's like 31. Ooh, I thought he was younger than that. Or going into 31 next year. Yeah. And Mike Williams is going to turn 29. Yeah. And he's a free agent. He might not even be on the turn next year. Keenan Allen's not even 30 yet. I said next season going 31. No, he's like 29 and a half. 29 and a half. 
No, seriously. Yeah, April 27th. So he turns – okay, he'll be 31 at next, this time next year. So, yeah, he'll be 30 next year. What? That's like saying I'll be 24 this time next year. Like what? Why Whatever. You- I was wrong by one year. That's a big deal. That's like every year past the AJ packs is a big deal. Okay, yeah. Either way, my Come on, dude, we're a professional service, or we are just our, an average my, service. Robbie, has my point changed at all that the Chargers roster is old? I didn't even hear your point. Also, <laughs> so, <laughs> also <laughs> Sophie told me, Sophie told me that, or has started pointing out that I'm always playing devil's advocate, and so I think I need to uh, become more agreeable. <laughs> I I'm kind of the same way. Sometimes I get it, but no, yeah, I love the devil's saying. advocate. I was just saying the Chargers roster is pretty old. Keen Allen's like 31. I guess he's instead, I should have said like 30. Um, Mike Williams is like 28. Austin Eckler is like 27 or whatever. Uh, Derwin James is, I think, probably 25, maybe 24. He's younger. Uh, so that defense looks pretty good with Bosa, but they need offensive talent now. They need some youth on that team. Rob, you've got your hand up. If you need offensive talent now, you don't go youth. You take players like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams who are older and who teams who are rebuilding wouldn't necessarily go after, and that's how you win now. And they all – like, they were Super Bowl contenders this year. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. just didn't make the playoffs. So, I, I think that they're perfectly fine. I think they should add more veterans. I think they should go Rams mode. No. Hey, Robbie, let me ask you this. Um. What it what what is your thoughts on their defense? Because at least from my perspective, it's like that is honestly more pressing than the offense because they had one of the worst run defenses and like Herbert can put up points, but if you don't have a defense, like it, you, you can't have a shootout every game. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I couldn't even name two of their defensive players. Um, so I mean like Derwin James and like uh come on, that's no, you got it. You can name three. Oh, uh, Bo- is Bosa on there? One Joey of them. Bosa. Okay. Yeah. One more. One more. A corner. A rookie corner. Oh, I damn. I, I don't know. I don't know if I even know who you're talking about. Asante Samuel Jr.? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They also yeah, have Chris Harris and Linval Joseph and Kenneth Murray Jr. I don't yeah, know. That's a good defense, TBH. Uh, uh, I think they should add uh, Deion Jones, and they should add. Aren't there like hella uh, D linemen free agents coming up? Yes, yes. Um, add one or two. I think Chargers can win. I think I think I'd put Chargers. I think I put Chargers as my number three odds to win next year's Super Bowl. No, I think that's fair. I think what I was saying is that I don't see a future for the Chargers. Like, when you have a young quarterback, you would like to see, like, hey, here's how the team will look in, like, four or five years. But you all now see one or two more seasons here with this team, with this team. And so there's a lot of rebuilding going on in Justin Herbert's prime is what I'm trying to highlight. Like, I'm looking, like, two, three years down from the line. Like, Justin Herbert's going to be in a rough spot. And he's already kind of in a rough spot right now. Like, Keenan Allen's good, but is he the best number one receiver in the league? No, did he used to be? Kind of, yeah. Um, Mike Williams, well, athletic, so inconsistent. But they have Josh Palmer. They took Josh Palmer with their third rounder last year. And he's fine. 
He's no, he's, he's good. He's going to be I good. Think, well, Chargers are probably Chargers probably draft a wide receiver this year. They, there's too much talent there. I think that's probably where they're because it's a middle to late. They probably end up with like a Lave, or maybe if Wilson drops like one of those, and I think that's probably pretty good. A Lave would be a very interesting successor to Keenan Allen. Uh, I think both extreme route runners, uh, Alave to Keenan Allen would be very fun. <laughs> Learn a lot of the Vika mentor. Um, that's a, I don't know how we randomly dug into the chargers, but here we are. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll end the chargers discussion with this as everyone goes around. What, what, what do you think the chargers accomplished next season? And uh, Jason, I'll just throw that to you first. Okay. Chargers next season. This is a tough one because you have to think, stepping back even just from how good of a team this is, how good the AFC is, and then on a second level, how good the AFC West is. <laughs> like, no matter what, the Chargers still probably don't win the division next year. Like, the Chiefs still probably win the division. So now you're talking about a really good wild card team, which to me, like, I do like wild card teams going into the playoffs. Um, so if they do find themselves there, I could see them doing damage, but it depends on like who the higher up seeds are. Cause again, you're talking about a California team who then will lose home field advantage in the playoffs and will potentially have to go to a Northern team in the winter. It's just like so many things stack against them when you like really get down to the details of what could possibly, what it really means for this team. That being said next year, I'm going to pull a Robbie. I think we've seen Austin Eckler's peak. I don't think we see Austin Eckler again next year, at least not for long. I also hope Mike Williams stays and I hope he has a great season, but I think he's proven who he is at this point. Mike Williams is an inconsistent guy who can sometimes have a really good ceiling. And I don't think he ever turns into that alpha that we want him to be. So I think they do fine. They end up as a wild card team, maybe, and probably first or second round exit again. You know, I don't, I don't, the ceiling's not that high to me. I think, I think the Chargers compete in the AFC championship for a spot in the Super Bowl. Okay. That's a good, that's really, really good team. That's such a good team. What makes them better than the Chiefs or the Bills? Well, I said I compete in the AFC championship. That they're my third. Favorites. Okay. So, okay, okay, I mean, okay. You know, that game, any AFC championship could go either way, you know, mm-hmm. like a fumble or a, you know, interception or Fair. whatever, right? Yeah. I, I guess, yeah, I think I'll half agree with both of you. Like, I think, I think mainly this team, I think will win, could win a playoff game, but I, I also don't know. I guess I don't know what to really expect because I felt like this season it was mainly the defense, right? Like it was they couldn't stop the run. And, um, you know, even a lot of the people when we were naming people on their defense, it was mostly their secondary, right? So they can defend against the pass and it's the run that's a problem. Um, well, I guess defend against the pass reasonably well. I don't know what their rankings were, but um, – I don't know. I just I feel like that they 
I just I th- I think that they'll they'll win one playoff game at max. That's my, that'll be my prediction. Okay, so let's go one step further. Kill some time. We talked about the AFC being deep. Mm-hmm. Which AFC team do you think falls out of the playoffs from this year? Um, choices being Titans, Chiefs, Patriots, Bills, Steelers, Bengals. Raiders. Um, personally, I could see two of those teams falling out. I think both of them do. I think both the Raiders and the Steelers missed the playoffs this season and they get replaced by the Chargers and the Ravens. Um, that's probably how it goes. Um, we'll see how the matchups fall out. Patriots could maybe fall out too. That's an interesting, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, where, how do you think the Chargers actually make it into the playoffs? How, how do they slip in? So, okay, so I agree with the teams that I think that are going to drop out is I think, one, the Steelers for sure. Um, I think that the, the Raiders, uh, they, I could see them being good, but I see them falling out at the end. Um, they kind of got lucky getting in this time. Um, and I think that I do think the Patriots are prime candidates for dropping out as well. I think that I don't know what Mac Jones ceiling necessarily is. And that's really my main concern is he lit it up. It was like a six game, seven game stretch kind of cooled down. And then in the playoffs didn't really impress. So I'm, I'm wondering what his, his ceiling is. We know Bill Belichick defense is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, the Patriots, I think could be a prime candidate to drop out uh, who replaces them. Definitely the chargers. Um Colts maybe depending on how that roster shakes out this off season. And then one of the AFC North teams, um, probably the Ravens, but hopefully the Browns, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, I do think the chargers, uh, get in through that path. And I think the Steelers are in for probably a multi-year rebuild. Um, and uh yeah the raiders are definitely going out too cool rob the chargers have the second most cap space in the entire league for this upcoming season yep nice they have 48 million effective cap space uh some other notable ones chiefs have 8 million bills have negative 11 million so if you, if you do factor that in, I mean, the Chargers who are in win-now mode, they've their third season of their franchise quarterback with some great veterans, probably sign some free agents, and I think they, they really do compete. Damn, so. I didn't know that their salary cap, that they had that much. That actually may, that may be an important factor. All right. I'm going to challenge you guys. I already have my answers. I've sent a link into the Zoom chat. This is the prospective free agents for this season. You're given two free agent signings off of this list to fix the Chargers roster. First, when I look at the Chargers roster, they need a free safety, and I see a potential in Devin McCourty here on the list. I think he'd be perfect one-year fill-in for free safety. He's still got it, at least for one more season, even though he's 35. Um, 
Secondly, I'll probably agree they need a little bit more edge. Um, I'll fall in line again, go with a little bit of a veteran here, go with, ooh, listen to these names. Akeem Hicks, Jason Pierre-Paul, Calais Campbell, Dante Fowler. Um, or if you want to go DT. No, there's no really DTs that are like crazy. Well, actually, no, Nadamakan Sue. Nadamakan mm-hmm. is there. So, yeah, give me Nadamakan Sue. Jason McCordy or Devin McCordy and Nadamakan Sue fixes the Chargers roster. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, now, that, now that we've brought up their salary cap, I'm just kind of thinking like interesting. I'm not a cap genius by any means. So, I'm wondering like, how much cap space do you save? for re-signing Justin Herbert. Like, that's got to be a consideration, right? 80, like, all the money. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's hard. Because I want to say, like, most Super Bowl-winning teams don't have a high cap hit from their quarterback. Uh, but Matthew Stafford has probably proved it wrong. I don't yeah. know. Um, Tom Brady, I know, hasn't been paid that much. Yeah, he's he's taken some good deals. Uh yeah, it's, it's hard to say because you can't have too much money tied up somewhere because then obviously the rest of your roster sucks. And Justin Herbert is really good and can carry a roster, but when you also have a Bosa and Derwin James to resign, that's a, that's a big question mark. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you got to pay them. I mean, you're, yeah. they're kind of, they kind of have no choice. It's like, ah, you got one of the best. I mean, you got to pay them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God. so much money. <laughs> So much, but it's just I'm just uh, I, that that was definitely that was like to the question as well of like okay so how much do I need like I don't know how the contracts work of like okay how much can I spend this year relative to how much cap I have left mm-hmm. like like they have one of the mo- highest in the league but how much can they realistically use I guess is my question. It's true. Uh, well, I mean, if they they probably accept Justin Herbert's fifth year option. Yeah. Plus, well, I mean, he could probably do like the whole holdout thing. Who knows? Who knows the cut. It's speculation kind of sucks, but it is fun. It is fun. <laughs> it is fun. <laughs> Rob? I've got a couple fun names of this list. One, Alan Robinson. Mm-hmm. That's another guy you get win now. Um, <laughs> I don't Why know. not? I've never been a believer in Allen Robinson. I never have. Why? Just gut feeling. Answer it that way. <laughs> Your gut feeling was enough to interrupt me. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Allen Robinson. <laughs> There's some very Just interesting. Put Dan's cat on, on the fucking podcast instead of Jason right now. <laughs> <laughs> Allen Robinson. Okay, I have some other uh, some other fun ones. Maybe, I don't hate Allen Robinson. Maybe not for the Chargers specifically, but just some fun ones. Gronk. Uh, I'm not. I'm thinking not that super old. I had some good ones, but there's just so many names on this list. I I lost them all already. What about Juju? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I've seen Juju. Uh, another one I was going to say is Noah Brown from the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Be a good one. Melvin uh, Gordon? No, they don't need Melvin Gordon. Well, I'm just thinking general. Oh, cool, right, 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 cool right. free agents, cool yeah, free yeah, agents. Yeah. But yes, I agree. I don't think they need Melvin Gordon. 
Um, Zach late, Pascal. L- no. <laughs> Leighton Vander Esch is a fun one. Juju could be an interesting one for them. Yeah, I like Juju. I like Juju. Who, you know who else I like? Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is a big free agent running back. And I think uh, I think uh, him to the Falcons would be fun. Yeah, yeah. That could work. If We ain't got no cap space, though. We ain't got no cap space, and we ain't got no players. Yeah. So we, we're awesome. just going to be 4-12 and 12 again. Awesome. Oh. So good. Oh, they're in such a great place. Chargers, I think, desperately need a tight end. It'd be interesting to see, I guess, Gronk go somewhere. I don't think Gronk goes anywhere. I think he just retires. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, but they could use a tight end. I don't know about the tight end draft class. That's definitely not a first-round pick. But I would like to see the Chargers just go all offense, like really surround Justin Herbert, get him one of the wide receivers. If there's a top-tier tight end, do one of those guys then fix whatever else is kind of there in free agency. If you have that much space, that's a lot of space. So um, we've talked for an hour somehow about random shit. (laughs) Uh, Any last like hot takes or topics we want to talk about? Um, I don't know if you guys talked about this last week, but Uh, have you guys been following the kind of the Kyler Murray drama? Uh, no, we didn't talk about it, and I have kind of been following it. I I want to say Jacob, our Cardinals, our resident Cardinals fan, was just basically it's just thinking it's contract negotiation. Uh, it's heated up recently, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, like, what essentially what's happened is like there has been kind of some leakings to the press about Kyler Murray being mad at the Cardinals organization, or he's like. Uh, a lot of like, there's been a narrative that he's been like a bad sport, a bad, like a bad teammate. Um, basically just like kind of, uh, thinking that he's better than he is almost. And he released a, a statement that was something to the tune of, Oh, I'm gonna, uh, all these reports are crazy. Like my teammates know the truth, blah, blah, blah. And I'll keep doing my best, whatever, you know, just your ge- generic PR response. But he he also at the same time, it's like he does have that contract negotiation, which is like a huge thing. And, you know, you look at the quarterbacks who have gotten um, contract extensions like the same year, you're thinking like your Josh Allen types or, um, well, I guess not Lamar yet. But, you know, like basically from that era, like I know that they were like one draft class before and there you've been seeing signings before the fifth year option takes takes place. And so it's interesting to see that that hasn't happened yet and what the Cardinals reservations are. And maybe like if Kyler Murray might be the reason it hasn't gotten done yet. So it's been an interesting situation all around. Yeah. Again, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Um, Cardinals would be stupid to not give him whatever money he wants. Uh, but so, what, but let, let me ask you this though, because this is probably what the real debate is, is what, like Kyler Murray, what's, what's his ceiling? Because we see him get super hot 
and then we see him get super cold. And then you look at that, like that playoff game that they had, and he he craps the bed, and then his you know, his posture, like he's not trying to get into it. He seems very defeated. Like there's some questions about like how, how does Kyler actually handle adversity when it's presented to him? No, that's a extremely fair point. You can't win the playoffs unless you've got that mentality. Um, I want to say he was hurt. Like I'm pretty sure he was injured midseason and kind of yeah. just never came back to form. So to answer the question of the ceiling, I would like to, I, I definitely would see it being higher than it was this season. So if playoffs is his floor, Super Bowl's his ceiling. Okay. But I'm also a huge Kyler Murray guy. I he's awesome in Madden, incredibly awesome Madden athlete. So I like to imagine that translates well to real life. And he kind of shows some crazy video game type flashes in his highlight reel. Like he's pretty crazy and can pull off some stuff. But half of that is credited to DeAndre Hopkins, who I'm going to, and so I don't anger Robbie. I'm going to look up DeAndre Hopkins full age, but I'm pretty sure he's also in his thirties. Um, he's shaking his head. I just can't get it right for him. It's 29.7 or something. We're talking about the 2022, 2023 NFL season. So he Whoa, will be 30. He will be 30. He was born in June 92. So he will be 30 this upcoming season. So probably a couple more seasons in him. Uh, As long as he stays healthy, battled injuries all last season. And I want to say the season before as well. So who knows, but he's the best receiver in the league in terms of upside. So him and Kyler Murray probably both have extremely high upsides both of them like similar like Kyler Murray's crazy I really I, I think he's awesome so pay him whatever he needs build the roster around him Cardinals in a very similar situation to the to the Chargers with a really good young quarterback and a pretty old supporting cast um so I, we'll see how they answer it like Robbie said they're in win now of course but you've got to start thinking a couple years down the line and I think that's a great segue. Should GMs even consider seasons two to three years down the line? Rob? Hell no, man. You never know what's going to happen. You don't even know if you're going to have the NFL two seasons down the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just have to like, you just have to win now. You yeah. win now. You win now. Now, here's where I will cap that. You shouldn't put your team in salary cap hell for the future because it is likely that you will have another season afterwards, but there's two, this is twofold. One winning now means immensely more than winning in the future in so many ways to the fans, right. To the players, you know, your, your, your team's financial health in terms of selling jerseys and tickets and, and advertisements and all that. Um, Two is that as a GM, if you win now, you keep your job, right? So you can't even really afford to invest a year where your team doesn't do that good, right? So it's, it's just so – there's so many facets to, to why a GM is, would be motivated to win now 
that there's no reason to criticize a GM for how his team's going to look two to three years in the future based on what he's doing now. That's fair. But I, I welcome, yeah. but I welcome rebuttals. I do. No, I actually, no, I agree. I'm just, I'm just bringing up a point. I'm not faulting them at all because if you're a good GM, obviously you're going to be able to solve those problems in two to three years when they arise. And that's fair. And that's why I just present it. Like, I'm just saying like, here's an issue that's probably going to come up and it'll be interesting to watch how they navigate. Cause two years is probably when they start trying to answer that problem. That's probably answered here in the draft charger. Or we're talking about the Cardinals now, another C team Cardinals older in the receiver department than even the chargers. And I want to say even older in the defensive line department than even the Chargers in jo- in that JJ Watts older than Joey. They're Bosa. losing. They're losing Christian Kirk to free agency too. And Christian Kirk and free agency. Rondell Moore's awesome, but probably losing DeAndre Hopkins in the next two seasons. I think AJ Green's gone. I can't remember if that was a one year. Yeah, contract. he's a free agent. He's yeah. A free so agent. that's gone. So. Uh, James Connor, they probably re-sign him, but I want to say that was also one year. They lost Chase Edmonds. They lost Chase Edmonds. Yeah, they're gonna be a whole new team. Yeah, he's yeah, they're not gonna re-sign Chase Edmonds. I think. I think he they, had. They should get Allen Robinson. I don't know. I Juju, Juju and Kyler, Twitch Could be good. streamers, Twitch streamers, kind of new age QB wide receiver combo. I like that one. Uh. Our resident Cardinals fan, Jacob, I feel like would hate that one. I'll ask him next week how he feels about Juju and Kyler Murray. It looks like odds are Juju will resign with the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. I could see that as well. Um, I, I will take the opposite side of this argument, though, in that GMs should consider two to three years out because I, I, I just take a look at, like, the Browns in my lifetime, and it's – you know, it's just a bunch of people who are just trying to win now. They think they're going to turn around the culture, blah, blah, blah. But really, when you get to a point, you should win now if you can win now. But if you can't, uh, you have you have to you have to rebuild. And yeah, only one season, though. Right. I mean, how can you rebuild two seasons in advance when you're losing players every year? I mean, yeah, signing it's 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 it's. it's it's complicated, but I will say, like, you can ha- lock down the core pieces and you have to shed everything else. And then, so if that takes one year or two years, I think it's good to have that insight, especially when you're rebuilding, because, I mean, there's no there's no guarantee. Like, we can say, oh, you can just solve the problems in the draft and, and you can always win now, but what happens when you don't hit on your draft picks? And so you really need to focus on building around your core um and that could be you know especially it it requires you thinking two three seasons out so that you always have that breathing room to make adjustments as needed what if you just win go to win now mode every season though like if, if the rams shed all these the problem is they're they got too far over the cap but we see teams like the chiefs who are in win now mode who kept the cap in line and they're going to shed all the dead weight. And so they can still be win now every season. Right. I mean, like, how can, how can you really just, how can you put a team on the field 
for a whole season knowing it's a bad team. I mean, like, should it? I, the exception is when you don't have a quarterback. That's Go the ahead. exception. I, I have to agree with both of you. I hate to say it, uh, but I think what I, to mansplain, Dan, uh, <laughs> I think what he's trying to get at in that when you, when he's saying that you have to be able to find yourself in win now mode is just so right. Like, yes, every team should be in win now mode every year, but not every team just has that luxury. Like you said earlier, some teams found themselves in not planning well enough and finding themselves in cap space hell. Some teams just literally drafted terribly and just literally just don't have the talent. Like all the cap space in the world just can't fix it. Like you, you just can't sign a whole roster. Like you just, everything has to come together. The Rams were so lucky this year. They just needed like three or four pieces to win. The Buccaneers a couple of years ago only needed Tom Brady. That's all, all they needed was Tom Brady. I, w- I would argue that the Rams didn't just need Matthew Stafford, uh, but the Buccaneers just needed Tom Brady. And obviously Matthew Stafford helped the Rams, but so did also getting Odell Beckham. And so did also getting Vaughn Miller. And obviously Jalen Ramsey and Cooper Cup having a breakout year and Aaron Donald just being a beast. Um, that That's what put them in win-now mode. Buccaneers now maybe still in win now mode uh if they go uh, their answer is going out and getting Aaron Rodgers whatever the price is you know but you look at a team like I mean the Lions how can the Lions win a Super Bowl this year and you have to answer that question in just so many ways now two years down the road you might just be able to say all they need is uh Gardner Minshew like or whatever you know all they need is the quarterback because Jared Goff has finished his job as the bridge quarterback um but yeah I mean you just have to have the luxury of finding yourself in the right place and uh, but yes if you're in that right place where it's only a couple pieces and it's sustainable you should do it just go do it uh these teams that are QB needy in this draft class go get that QB on the market just go get Aaron Rodgers if he's actually there go get Russell Wilson if he's actually there Go pay a first for Tyler Huntley if you feel like changing your scheme to that. You know, um, someone who's proven talent on the NFL field. Robbie has put in the comments that the Falcons can find themselves in win now mode. I would like him to answer that question. No, 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 no. I, I, I had said that uh, to not interrupt you when you were saying uh, some teams just can't find them, like they can't be win now because they just absolutely have no talent. Oh, and right. that was that was the Falcons this past year. Like, just okay, yeah. absolutely no talent whatsoever. Like you, like yeah, Pitts. <laughs> like they should have. It, it's so sad. It's sad to say, and I'm glad they didn't. I like. I will take. I will take these throwaway seasons. But they should have shipped Matt Ryan when they could have got a third for him last season. Um, now he has this just horrendous contract, um, and and they're in cap hell, and they have no talent whatsoever they need a miracle from the draft just an absolute miracle so it, taking Malik Willis makes sense because you're in a throwaway year and you can develop him for a year whatever I hate that I hate 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 throwing away a year but this is the year to do it for the Falcons um, but but if not then you take Matt Ryan's last I mean he could play two or three more years but you know you're really looking at the last year or two probably right and so you take 
Matt Ryan's last year, get him a receiver because he did decent with Russell Gage and uh, Tajay Sharp. And Olamide Zacchaeus. Yeah, yeah. Like, he had the worst receiving core in the league. (laughs) Uh, Besides the Jaguars, who had a really, really bad one. I don't know. It was it's close. It they those were no, cause, well because yeah. Corderell and Kyle Pitts saved the Falcons, whereas the the Jags answer to Kyle Pitts and Corderell was Carlos Hyde and Dan Arnold. Well, yeah, no, the Jaguars didn't have a great receiving core, but they lost DJ Shark and mm-hmm. uh, there was somebody else. Etn. Yeah, exactly. Like they, so, like both teams plagued with injuries. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, they need a miracle. They need like, they need either Garrett Wilson to be amazing, and you take a receiver, and then you go nine and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or okay, here's a third. You take Malik Willis. That's the second option, right? Now here, I don't think Malik Willis falls to eight. I don't think he will. Yeah, I looked uh, to pull up the draft order while you keep talking. I'll, yeah. I'll come back. I'll pull that up. And the third, the third option is in this class when it's so deep with uh, O-line is you just go ahead and take a tackle, right? And then just go next year quarterback, right? You go ahead and get your franchise tackle mm. like Jake Matthews was for uh, for Matt Ryan for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to your point about Malik Willis, probably not falling to eight teams with a similar or worse situation than the Falcons that pick before them. The Lions could also probably use a quarterback to just develop behind Jared Goff. Um, the Texans, maybe not completely sold on Davis Mills. Yeah, he's good, but, you know, maybe could also just go get you a You don't think they're going to play Deshaun Watson? Maybe, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really want to speculate on Deshaun Watson um, yet. Why not? Why maybe not? We, well, hold on. We're, we will maybe, yeah, we'll add that because we haven't – I guess I'll just start another call, but – while we're talking I need about- to go soon. I'm I'm about to drop dead. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Sounds good. Panthers pick before them. Giants pick before them twice. Maybe not sold on Daniel. Really? Giants have two picks before them? Yeah, they have five and seven. So, I mean, like, a quarterback's probably going to get picked. Is it Malik Willis? Is it Kenny Pickett? Is it Matt Corral? It's Malik it Willis. Bailey Zappi? Oh. <laughs> it's Malik Willis. It's not Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi's gone in the sixth round. Falcons should pick Bailey Zappi to sit behind Matt Ryan. Whoever picks Bailey Zappi is the worst GM in the league. Whoever picks Bailey Zappi is the worst GM in the league. And that goes the same for whoever picked Jake Fromm last year. So <laughs> Bailey Zappi is pretty ago. good. In fact, he threw 62 touchdowns last season in 12 games. Like, how can you not be amazed at that? <laughs> the ball's bigger. The ball is bigger in the NFL. <laughs> so are the defenders. <laughs> the balls are bigger. <laughs> the ball is bigger. The ball is bigger. bigger balls. <laughs> the ball is bigger. You can say anything in that tone of voice. I hope I hope that he lights it up just so that Robbie has to eat his words. We need to uh, we need to make sure that Robbie eats his words if he becomes the next Josh Allen. Jason, that is not a counter argument. Bailey Zappi has nine and three quarter inch hands. Bailey Zappi has nine and three quarter inch hands. See, it's not a counter argument. (laughs) Doesn't count. 
It does. It does. <laughs> Bailey Zappi will throw for one 3,000-yard passing season in the NFL in his career. Nice. And that would put him at about 32nd in the league that season. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. That's worth a six-rounder. No, it's not. Okay. I would like to see any rookie quarterback do good. I am not against Bailey Zappi. I just don't know why you're like – you're part – whatever. Name an idiom with Bailey Zappi, right? Like there's so many other quarterbacks to – to champion <laughs> and you're just choosing the one with the most stats yeah <laughs> what else there's actual like you, there's actual like measurables like like actual measurables like measurables. mean little though so do stats right it, you know i'm just saying like though. i'm just saying in terms of upside someone who threw for six thousand yards and 62 touchdowns in i guess 14 games including a playoff ma- or a, a bowl game it's pretty fucking impressive. <laughs> I don't care who you're playing against. That's a lot of damn yards and a lot of damn touchdowns. And that should translate at some level. I, listen, I tracked college passing stats all season. I have been tracking this guy all season. I know that he had the stats. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I mean, here's what I'll say about Bailey Zappi. His ceiling is maybe Mac Jones, you know, like, a, probably a pretty good game manager probably he, definitely he, even i could probably say definitely a good game manager based on that yards and touchdowns he threw for for 500 yards three touchdowns and no interceptions against michigan state <laughs> well there you fucking go yeah, that's pretty good that's really good i don't think a single michigan quarterback has ever done that in my lifetime <laughs> that's pretty good like i literally like chad henny probably didn't do that denard robinson didn't throw for that many yards and if he did he threw an interception uh shea patterson definitely no i i you know so to see that from a guy from western kentucky 500 yards no interceptions three touchdowns against a d1 school his one opportunity i don't know what much more you could want that's i mean like to i I don't know i think he's worth a shot especially with a year of developing bailey zappy check him out (laughs) check him out um We've got why 30 don't seconds left. Like, we need to figure out why scouts don't like him. We do. We do. Maybe we'll have a Bailey Zappy episode. Yeah, I'm going to start I, a quick I, just to wrap up. I hope you guys can join. So to answer the question of why scouts don't like him, I just searched Bailey Zappy, and this thing has some film evaluation. Uh, talked about games. Obviously brought up Michigan State being a great – great game that he studied the worst game studied i haven't looked at this yet so we'll see but the worst game bailey zappy had in his career in college he (laughs) what (laughs) he threw for 328 yards four touchdowns and no interceptions that was his worst (laughs) that was his worst game he had a 50.6 qb rating because he was 25 for 48 but no interceptions, four touchdowns, and 300 yards. That was his worst game, and that was against Marshall. Damn. Um, according, according to the draftnetwork.com. So why don't scouts like him then? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't okay, know. Okay. Because he went to Western so, Kentucky. Okay, so 
<laughs> Another guy, Will Rogers, Mississippi State, had just an insane year passing. Um, if you guys followed that, um, and and Carson Strong too. Um, and part of this is correlated because they have good quarterbacks, probably. But Mississippi State number one in passing play percentage at seventy three percent of their plays were passing. Number two is Western Kentucky at sixty seven. That's an all of college football. So, you know, yeah. I guess uh, what about Ole Miss? If you go to Ole Miss, right? They're all the way down at oh, they're probably listed as Mississippi. And now I'm not going to find them. <laughs> 91 at 43%, right? So you have you have a team that's passing practically every play. You're going to have the counting stats like the yards. Yeah. Um, but he's still, I mean, you know, he's th- he threw like 60 passes against Michigan State. That's crazy. Yeah. So you're going to have you're going to have the yards, but and that's why he's being under that's why he's being devalued but no interceptions is like a lot yeah especially on 60 uh passes like that's crazy 48 against marshall with no interceptions and i think it was 62 touchdowns 11 interceptions last season so less than an interception a game and more than four touchdowns a game (laughs) like i don't know it's pretty good that's good that is good honestly i had i hadn't looked into zappy much at all i'm i'm gonna have to watch some film of this dude so i'm not much for a number rankings guy i'm more of a tier list guy Mm -hmm. and quarterbacks i'm most excited about this year i've got three guys and that's matt corral malik willis and bailey zappy those are the three quarterbacks i think have the highest ceiling and I'm the most excited to look out for. You know, next, you know, you've got the Kenny Pickett and anyone else who I think maybe will be fine. We'll see their name around the rest of the career. But the guys who have a chance of being a starter, those are the three. Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Bailey Zappi. Those are the guys who will have a chance at being a true elite NFL talent, in my opinion. Will they do it? I'm not saying they will. But those are the guys I think that have the true capability to do it. Uh, this year so um i've heard some laughing crying emojis rob (laughs) or you can't you cannot say the the three quarterbacks with the highest chance of being the best (laughs) yes i can because Um, i did (laughs) malik willis great whoever the second guy you said a mackerel also good yeah Bailey Zappi. <laughs> why not? Why yeah. not? No, I mean, why not? I mean, is anybody watching the podcast at this late in, in the podcast? But like, no. no, I'm like, literally, <laughs> we've seen it so many times. These examples of lower schools catapulting of draft charts. Trey Lance, North Dakota State. Zach Wilson, BYU. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, Wyoming. Carson Wentz. North Dakota State. Why not Western Kentucky, who's actually a truly a D1 school? They're still Division One. Um, so I'm I, why not? Why not Bailey's happy? Like I, I don't get it. I don't get it. It was the same thing like Mac Jones fell so far last year. Great passing stats, but no phenomenal factor beyond great stats. I'll say this. I'll say this on keep trade cut. Bailey Zappi's dynasty ranking is Quarterback 46, 
He is above Drew Locke and Taysom Hill. And he's practically tied with Teddy Bridgewater. So, so not that like absurd. He's also under Brock Purdy. Yeah. So get him cheap in Dynasty. That's what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's what exactly buy low. Buy low Bailey Zappi, who will probably actually never actually have the chance. But that's the problem with ranking schools against an athlete or, or just rating that so highly. That's the main problem. I don't see how a guy who throws for 6,000 yards and 62 touchdowns isn't in a conversation. I, I don't care where it was. I really don't. Because, I mean, that doesn't happen. If that happened, I wouldn't be talking about how crazy it is. So it doesn't matter. Like, if it wasn't that big of a deal that he went to Western Kentucky, other Western Kentucky quarterbacks would have done it, and they haven't. And I doubt they've even come close. I, I kind of hope that he makes it now. You're, you're yeah. painting, like, the Cinderella story that I love to root for right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Let's go, Bailey. Like Mike, like Mike White. Uh, <laughs> we uh, there's this guy who posts like a quarterback tier list, and it's like you know, Mahomes and Josh Allen, and it's like week eight, Mike White. Like somehow he beat the Bengals by like thirty points, right <laughs> through like three hundred yards. Like it's just, that's just insane. <laughs> he Mike, just week dumped eight, it Mike off White. all game. Yeah, and then everyone's like, "Oh my God, could Mike White like take over Zach Wilson's role?" You know, everyone has the recency bias and. Yeah. Uh, even myself, I'm like, damn, like he could be good. And uh, then the next game, he just sucked. Right. And so that, that was the end of that. So I hope the Falcons get Mike White. I hope the Falcons get Bailey Zappi in like the fourth round. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I feel like we've gone pretty off the rails. This has been a fun episode. I think we should go ahead and wrap it up. I'll pass the mic around and ask if we just have any final words before we leave. Dan, anything you want to share? Anything I want to share, I'll say watch out for the Seahawks to rebound this season. Nice. Nice. Rob? (laughs) That wasn't Rob. That was Kenny from South Park. And what he was saying is that the Falcons are going to win the Super Bowl. That's a crazy prediction. <laughs> I hope it works. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think we'll leave it at that. Um, great show, guys. Thank you for joining me. Listeners, thank you for listening. Everyone, have a wonderful, wonderful night. Peace. Peace.